Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Yo, what's happening? Thank you for joining me. It's Johnny. Johnny King in my house, coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Good old USA. What's up? Thank you for joining me. Uh, The other night I had a very powerful meeting of men, which if you don't know what that is, that is a group of men that I started at the beginning of 2019 just to get guys together to have healthy conversations about things that we don't normally talk about because when we normally get together and we're not super close or super vulnerable, we haven't really kind of cultivated that in our friend groups. A lot of times it just turns into like we're talking about work, uh, tail, like let's say women or relationships maybe going on or, (laughs) or sports, you know, it's like generally speaking our, our safe world, right? So I wanted to have a, a group where guys here locally got together and talked about pornography or depression or loneliness or feeling like they have a just like a lack of passion in their life or maybe they are really feeling like they're failing as a as a spouse or um, you know as a father I don't know things like that things like that I say that a lot that's been brought to my uh, awareness recently and I'm working on improving it. Now I'm just aware that I say it all the time rather than doing anything about it. <laughs> I don't know how to change. So I'm going to say a lot of things like that, things like that. And so my meeting of men had been a, you know, live gathering of guys that grew over last year. You know, one of our biggest meetings was, uh, right at the end of last year, 2019, we had nearly 90 guys show up, which was amazing. And then, of course, we kicked things off this year, and then COVID hit. And poof, there goes all, our, all of our uh, in-person meetings. So I've been doing the best I can in, in terms of offering the, them virtually over Zoom. It's just not the same, as you can imagine. It's like uh, having date nights with your spouse or uh, your significant other or doing speed dating. <laughs> Uh, virtually versus in person, you you lose a lot of the uh, the nonverbal communication. So it is what it is. But we had a really great meeting the other night, and I had a one of the guys that I had on my podcast recently, Scott Pinyard, as our guest speaker, and we were talking about breaking up with alcohol. Like just talking about how alcohol is kind of uh, not kind of is, is very very addictive to human beings. But on a on kind of a sliding scale, some people is extremely addictive. For other people, it's not. It's very kind of biological. But then you also throw in a lot of, you know, just environmental lifestyle uh, impact things. And see, I almost said it. Things like that. Um, your family, you know, what you grew up with, trauma, and what he was saying, it just resonated so much because, I mean, it just kind of supports what I've always believed. He was literally saying, well, there was there was people on, you know, we had a good group of guys on there and one of the guys was saying, you know, I, I start off the days so great. 
And every single day, I think this is the day that I quit drinking. And yet by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And I just, I, I know it's an addiction because I, I can just not avoid it <clears throat> at night. And uh, you know how many times I've heard clients tell me that as it relates to food? Like the vast majority of them. I start off so great on program, but then by the end of the day, I'm like beat down, I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, and food is my comforter. But when we really start to look at what's going on, you know, this is what fascinates me. And this is, you know, when I first started getting into Tony Robbins stuff and and so much other th- like Landmark and doing all these different programs and reading books and things like that, <laughs> things like that. Um, I started to notice that I was doing a lot of the same behaviors that they were referring to. And what I loved about a lot of these teachers of mine, these mentors of mine, they made it very simple. Now, it's not easy. It's really not easy to change your behavior, especially when it's been ingrained in you. It is kind of who you are, how you've done things. It's, but it's sometimes easy to understand but very challenging to change. And what I liked about what Scott was saying the other night, as well as so many of these other mentors, is like simply it is the fact that we do so much more to avoid pain than we will to seek pleasure. Okay, for instance, you will do so much more, okay, to defend (laughs) your $100,000 that you have in your possession that I'm looking to rob from you, okay? You already have in your possession, yet I'm looking to take it away from you. You'll do so much more to defend and keep <laughs> keep yourself from feeling the pain of having lost that $100,000 than if I told you, hey, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to teach you how to make $100,000. It's going to be a lot of work, but, you know, I can teach you how to make $100,000 or a million dollars, right? Let's just say a million dollars. So truth be told, we'll always do more to avoid pain than we will to gain pleasure. That's just how it is. And so when life gets so taxing, so exhausting, so out of our control, a lot of times that's where vices come in. We use coping mechanisms. And as he mentioned the other night, the thing that happens though is that we stop maturing when we take on coping mechanisms because we stop looking for healthy solutions. Okay, the, the, the somewhat easy way out is to numb ourselves. It's, to, it's to, to numb away the pain. The pain is there because it's a little red flag. It's a signpost. It's a little red light. It's like, me, 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 like, hello, danger, danger, pull up, pull up. <laughs> and the truth be told, whether it be pain in your body and you're just popping pills or it's pain emotionally, physically in your body and you're drinking or you're taking drugs or you're numbing yourself out by, you know, watching TV or playing video games or gambling or you have a a sex addiction, whatever the case might be, those coping mechanisms are actually our own solution with how to regain control. Because all you really want to do is you're gaining control of I am I am in pain I want to control my environment so that I'm no longer in pain. I want to be in pleasure. And so that's where the coping mechanisms come. 
But again, like I said, your, your maturing process immediately stagnates. You're no longer growing as a human being because you're not looking for healthy solutions. You're going, you're kind of taking the, the red pill and you're making, you're taking the easy way out. Okay. So that's, that's the challenge. But as he said, and as I've heard, you know, many times said before, whether it be drinking or food or, or whatever the vice might be, he, he referred to it as, you know, he tells a lot of people, you don't have a drinking problem. You have a thinking problem. And I, I couldn't uh, agree with him more. I mean, that, that is ultimately the thing. And that's the cool thing about life when it comes to psychology and, and kind of human needs, um, you know, again, psychology. It's, it's just about w- we do certain things for the same reasons that they've been doing things for the last 2,000 years. And we're doing things now that they'll be doing 20,000 years from now as human beings. Our needs actually never change. Our needs are very, very simple. Just like I've talked about in past podcasts, our two fears, when you boil them all down, still relate to the same two, that we fear that we're not enough, and because we're not enough, that we won't be loved. That's it. Our six human needs are all the same. We have a a huge desire for certainty or security, comfort. But paradoxically, we also have the need for uncertainty, like for adventure and excitement and mystery and surprise and romance. We also have a need for significance, to feel of worth, to feel valued, to feel special. Do we actually, do we have a reason for why we're here on this planet? Or are we just here to trade hours for dollars and sell widgets and just pay the bills, right? Work for the man. But we also have the need to be loved and to give love, to to feel connected with other human beings. And then spiritually, we have the need to contribute to something greater than ourselves. If we're only looking out for ourselves, man, it's a very, very lonely life. And then the very last one is growth. If we're not growing, then we're dying. That's just, that's just the, the truth about it, the hard facts. If you're not growing, you're dying. And so it really does come down to you have to be very, very intentional and very clear about what you're pursuing in your life. And if something is extremely painful and you find yourself going to some sort of vice that is unhealthy, well, we have to start unpacking why it is that you went there in the first place. In the sense of like the the initial trauma, the initial pattern of behavior was instilled one way or another, typically because we felt not enough. We felt insecure. We didn't feel like we had the tools to be able to handle whatever challenging situations that were showing up in our lives. And so the crazy thing that, that we have going on here, you, me, everyone else in this world, is that we have this meaning-making machine called our brains in between our two ears. And that's all it does all day long. I wonder, what does this mean? You know, so many people, when accidents happen, that's the hardest thing for them to, to, to grasp. It's like, but, but why did this happen? 
why why did this happen to me? Why why did this go down? Especially if it's an accident, sometimes it's like there's not a great explanation. And that's so difficult because they're really looking for certainty. They're really looking for control, right? And so control really is like the world's greatest addiction. Because if you don't have control over, like if the, if the problem that you're dealing with is so big and so overwhelming, so, so vastly out of your control, out of your realm of being able to do anything about it, well, then, then our problems kind of alleviate us or take away the responsibility for us to do anything about it. But if it's so crazy, well, then our coping mechanism to make it not be so bad becomes that addiction, if that makes sense. And so we, we all, you know, we make up these meanings throughout life and we almost don't even know that we're doing it. And then because of this meaning we tell ourselves, especially when it's something that's extremely painful, we tell ourselves, I will never do this again. Or, or our brain just kind of consciously or unconsciously says, make sure that like this rule is in place so that this never, you never experienced this before again. Right. For instance, the other night, this is kind of a silly example, but I was driving somewhere and uh, I was in a neighborhood and I kind of did a, uh, like a, 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 what I call stoptional, like it's a stop sign, but it's kind of optional because no one's exactly there. So it's a stop, it's a stoptional, right? It's kind of more in the mid- Midwest. I learned about it. It's kind of like, you don't really do a full stop at a stop sign unless you're noticing there's people around, right? It's really not that safe. Let's be honest, but it's become a habit. So it's not like I'm just blowing through stop signs. Let me just be honest. Okay. Let me just say that. But I'm, I'm, I'm coming to like five miles an hour. Right. And then I'm just kind of rolling through it. Once I've kind of checked both ways, especially at night, it's a little bit easier because you can't see any other lights, but still there was, there was a guy there. He's either walking his dog or I forget what he was doing. He's kind of in the, I didn't even really, um, hear him, but I heard someone yell at me (laughs) and he's like, I think he cussed at me, telling me to do a full stop, which, you know, kudos to him, neighborhood uh, stop cop. He was right. And if he had that ability and the authority, he could give him, he could have written me up. That all to, to, to say, though, that he had a rule that <laughs> I should be coming to a full stop before I proceed, which of course that's, that's his rule. Let's just call that, I don't know, a law. Okay. So it is a law. So he's, he's right in that sense. I was wrong. Yes. However, if he was a buddy of mine, or let's say I had my window open and as he was yelling at him, I was yelling back to him saying, Hey, so sorry. Someone just broke into my house. My kids are home alone and I'm flying home to protect them he might actually give me a hall pass he might actually say you know what normally i might yell but in this case i know that he's on his way somewhere and given that we're give we're going to give him a mulligan he's going to be able to get get past on this one so my point being it's kind of not a great uh, great <laughs> example but the meaning 
that he would allow himself to 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 make in his mind about why I didn't fully stop at the stop sign kind of depends on the scenario, you know. Or if my my wife were giving you know giving birth and I was heading home to try to catch the baby, you know, it's like I don't know. We always have like rules, right? <laughs> if we set a time for a date and someone doesn't show up, you're allowed to be pissed off, you know, because you got stood up unless you actually find out that there's another potential meaning that they didn't mean to just stand you up. Maybe they were in an accident on the way there or, you know, they had some type of family emergency or they dropped their phone in the, in the toilet and they couldn't reach <laughs> Who knows, right? But the point being is that we have to be really, really careful about the meanings that we associate to things because the meanings we associate to things and the rules or the vows that we create as a result of that meaning can ultimately create, you know, uh, not even addiction so much, but just patterns of behavior that are so intense that we, again, we don't look for healthy solutions or for reasons that might allow the event of whatever happened to for us to work through them but instead we just say hey this happened this was traumatic to me this one must mean x or that i'm not good enough or that i'm broken or that i'm flawed and thus that amount of pain equates me <laughs> that i must drink every night all day every day uh just on weekends whatever the case might be in regards to coping mechanisms or vices. It could be drugs, like I said, or gambling, pornography, whatever the vice is. And so I want you, as you're listening to this, to think about think about those things where, you know, maybe maybe it's a habit that you don't love about yourself. Maybe you do something that you know is unhealthy. Maybe it's something that, that happened that was traumatic and, uh, you know, life changed for you since that moment. I want you to to just play along and think about like what else, what other meaning other than the one that you created could you come up with that you could associate to that event? You know, maybe they weren't such an asshole. You know, I mean, there's some horrible things that happen. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not attempting to be your psychiatrist in this moment if we're talking about some serious, uh, some serious trauma. But, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking about like, Little things like I, I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts a long time ago, earlier this year, I I never realized until I was doing some deep like personal development work that I created a story, I created a meaning when I was held back in second grade, even though I wasn't old enough to go into the next grade because my birthday's in September, I get held back in second grade, but at that time I decided because I was ashamed that I had been cheating all that year previously just to make it through class because I was not a, a fast learner at the time. I didn't really, I wasn't a great reader, speller, all that stuff. I really believed that as much as my mom told me that it was because I wasn't old enough that she really saw through me and she was kind of lying to me and that it wasn't because, it was because I wasn't smart enough. I held on to that fucking story I kid you not, until I, w- until I discovered that that's when the story started, when I was 34, 35 years old, okay? And it was only then 
that I was able to actually assign new meaning and to let go of that debilitating story. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like looking for healthy solutions, doing the work, getting into your shit, like investing in yourself, getting a coach, going to programs, reading books, listening to podcasts, doing all those things that I, that I believe that you're probably doing. But you have to be relentless, man. You have to be absolutely relentless and not willing to shortchange yourself until you figure out the answer. Okay, and there's that yin and the yang of like not getting into analysis paralysis, but also choosing just to move forward. Sometimes just choosing for, to take action and, and move forward is the solution and can kind of rattle the, the, the foundation of some false beliefs. Okay, but if something consistently continues to show up in your limiting beliefs and your stories, then that means you probably need to do some deeper work. And, and work with people who have done it before you and, and know how to help you kind of eradicate some of those those meanings, those rules that you've associated. It's, it's just, it's, it's really tough work, but man, I'm telling you right now that if you don't do the work, what you end up transferring is that type of limitation onto those that you inter- interact with. And, and potentially even like your future children and and or current children (laughs) so again for what it's worth you got to keep doing the work you got to keep focusing you got to be intentional about looking at what things have happened and even just going back through like the timeline of your life I just I've done that before too like as far back as you can remember just start writing down all of the most um what do you call it like momentous events both positive and negative so just make it just create a a like literally like a timeline on a piece of paper and just start writing those things in i'll remember like one of my first memories was my second birthday and i remember getting the this this (laughs) this cake that i got i loved it and this toy that i got which i loved that's like some of my very first memories but then just building that out and just looking at like again what what were those things that were good what were those things maybe that weren't so good did you assign any meanings to those things that mom or dad didn't love you or that you weren't good enough and you just need to start chipping away at those things because I think those are the things that are extremely important to start to unearth. Otherwise, man, you're just going to be kind of just spinning in circles. So I hope it's helpful. I want to hear from you. I want to know what, uh, what you've taken from this, kind of do some of that work. If you want some support or guidance, you can always reach out to me podcast at johnnykingpodcast.com hit me up on one of the social media dm me whatever the case might be so until then have an amazing rest of your day do the work do not give up it's totally worth it i believe in you i love you thank you for listening peace out and i want to thank you so much for listening to the johnny king show And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at Johnny King. 
facebook.com backslash Johnny King men's coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.